area. Uh, okay, so you have your bulletin. I want you to take your bulletin. There are pencils in the rack in front of you. I want you to reach forward and take the pencil from the rack in front of you. I want you ready to write, because I don't want you to think too hard. I want you to write the first word that comes to your mind. What is one word you would describe or you would use to describe worship? Go. One word you would use to describe worship. There'll be a test at the end of this. So. Okay, you done? Who's willing to share? God's expression. Interesting. Okay, good. Free, free. Awesome. Good. Approach. Approach. Interesting. Wow. Good. Rejoicing. Rejoicing. Devotion. You guys are, you guys all pass. <laughs> Good. Anybody else willing to share? Praise. Praise. Good. Okay. Oh. oh. Very good. Ready to write another word? One word that you would use to describe a Presbyterian worship service. Go. I'm, 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 I have very thick skin. <laughs> you can be brutally honest. Kyle? Meditative. Okay. Decent and in order. Decent and in order. That's like three words, but okay, good. Structured. Peaceful. Okay. Community. Excellent. Reverence. Versatile. Interesting. Okay. Any other words? Nobody wants to hurt my feelings. <laughs> Some of the thoughts that, oh, Dick, yeah, go ahead. Passing the plate. Says the head usher. Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. I, a um, few words that came to my mind, boring, okay, Do, because I'm trying to think of what other people might think. So I think other people out there that would say Presbyterian worship is pretty boring. Cerebral, cerebral, kind of very head intellect oriented. Some might say it's engaging or 
I wrote down exciting, I'm not really sure, too many people say that about Presbyterian worship, but maybe. Thoughtful. Okay. So it's interesting, I've read the passage about uh, baptism of the Lord often, it's uh, baptism of the Lord Sunday. Kyle, yes? So the difference between uh, other, some other churches, we won't mention any names, um, <laughs> that are more experience-oriented and they want you to feel it, um, versus uh, here you have to mentally engage is what she's saying. So I think that's, that's good. I, I like, is it interesting? Okay, Dick, yeah. Right, emotional. Feeling rather than engaging. Um, I think, personally, a lot of worship today in our culture is about entertainment. And I believe worship should be about engagement. So, and part of our thing is we are very focused on family versus performers. So, our family is up performing for God. We have an audience of one. Y'all aren't the audience. We're about all of us participating in worship and being engaged in worship. So that's important. But it was an interesting thing when I was thinking about the baptism of the Lord because I've preached on this a few times. I've focused on the aspects of the baptism of Jesus Christ. But I've never thought of it as a worship experience. Um, and when I started thinking about that, I started realizing gosh, you know, what if there were some Presbyterians in the crowd? And the heavens open up and the Presbyterians say, I'm sorry, that's not in the bulletin. You can't be opening up the heavens. Stop that. And God calling out, this is my beloved son. I'm sorry, you're not here. It's, your name's not in the bulletin. You'll have to wait until after the service, talk to the pastor, make an appointment with the pastor, and then maybe we can include you in the service in a couple of weeks. It's already all set. Um, and doves in the worship, I'm sorry, no animals, no, we don't like those sorts of things, they're very distracting, we do things decently and in order, um, and this is far from that. Now we didn't read uh, the psalm passage for the, today, which is part of the lectionary reading, the psalm passage is Psalm 29. Now Psalm 29 is a, is a psalm of worship and praise, ascribing all worship to God. And it gets into things like flashing flames and breaking cedar trees and shaking the wilderness. And I'm sorry, but there's no shaking going on in Presbyterian worship. Um, and so all of this stuff kind of makes me a little nervous. So I think we've talked a little bit about this, but in a word or a few words, what is the purpose of worship? Why do we come? Janice, to honor God, excellent. To talk to God, to talk to God. good. <laughs> to learn how to be more like Jesus. To learn more, okay, good. That's true. Praise God. To praise God, good. Why?
What's the purpose of worship? Why do we come Sunday after Sunday? Okay, good. So first and foremost, worship is to be about praising God and thanking God. It's about us ascribing worship to God. Second, it's to engage with God. We talked a little bit about that. We're not here to entertain, we're here to engage. When we're in a worship song, I hope that you're focusing on the words. When we change the words to he knows my name to you know my name, I hope that that becomes a prayer and you are focusing on, on God and saying, wow, you know my name. You're my father. Not just, oh, this is a lovely song. It's kind of got a James Taylor feel. And, <laughs> you know, but you're engaging with the moment. Third, that it strengthens your faith. As um, Tom was saying, that it strengthens your faith, that you come and every week you have kind of a spiritual meal that you carry into the week that strengthens you and equips you for the week ahead. And fourth, that you are sent into the world to carry God's love and carry God's uh, message to the world. There's a new show on CBS called God Friended Me. Anybody watch it? A couple people, right? I, one of my pastor friends told me about it and I started watching some back episodes and stuff. It's about, uh, let me see, uh, a guy named Miles Hall who is a, uh, has a podcast do I have to translate that? It's a kind of uh, uh, a news person who has their own opinions and he writes these opinions. Uh, but he's an atheist and he writes those opinions and, um, and uh, actually verbalizes them and people listen to them on his podcast. Uh, and he gets friended on Facebook by a person whose name is God. And he's kind of like, okay, who's playing a joke on me? And he has a hacker friend who like tries to trace where this God uh, person is from. And he can't, no matter how hard he tries, he can't figure out where that came from. And this God person on Facebook keeps making friend suggestions for him. And when he tracks these people down, he finds that they're in need of help. And so he ends up helping them. Um, Initially skeptical, skeptical, but then he begins to follow up and helps people. Um, and I'm wondering if this gives kind of a sense of what worship is about. That God has friended us, and God is equipping us to carry his love into the world, and to share and to help other people around us. As we look at the passages today, let's keep that purpose of worship, what worship is all about in mind. From the passages we hear, do not fear. I have called you by name. You are mine. All people were filled with expectation. The heavens opened up. The Holy Spirit descended. God spoke. Do not fear. We did a whole series on do not fear. Isaiah passage looks for deliverance of God's people from captivity, that's the focus of that at the time it was written. And then it ultimately looks ahead to the redemption of God's people by Jesus Christ. God goes to great lengths to bring salvation to lost sinners. So it begins with do not fear. No matter what your circumstances, no matter what you are facing, do not live in fear. Our fears are usually tied to the temporal, to the present, what's going on right now. God says, look at the eternal. 
Look at life from eternity. Look at the grand picture. We have nothing to fear. Secondly, I have called you by name. Scripture is very clear. God knows us well. God has knit us together in our mother's womb. God calls us from before the time we're able to respond. God knows us from day one to the end of our life. As Jesus said, look at the lilies of the field. Look at the birds of the air. God takes care of them. God takes care of you. Not a hair on your head. Uh, he knows the number of hair on our head. For some of us, that's a little easier <laughs> than for others. But, um, yeah. I've, have you ever been uh, to a church and then you go back the next week and the pastor remembers your name? Or uh, to a group or any kind of meeting and you go back and somebody remembers your name? Doesn't that mean a lot to you? Yeah. I oftentimes say pastors need a handler, like politicians have a handler. This is Judy, and she's uh, got a son who's been in the hospital lately. Oh, hi, Judy. How's your son? You know, I, I guess our handler is the Holy Spirit. Uh, that's, a, that's a separate sermon. But um, God knows your name. God knows you by name. You're not a number. You're not just a person out there. God knows you by name. Then you are mine. Uh, this past week in Pastor's Bible study, we read... John 10, some of you remember. Although my pastor's Bible study on Thursday, sometimes they don't remember very well. So they always say, Dick, what? I'll say, what did we read last week? And everybody say, I don't know. <laughs> I love it. But this past week we looked at John 10 and Je where Jesus says, I know my own and my own know me. My sheep hear my voice and they follow. They know my voice. And the verse I love, nothing can snatch them from my hand. That verse in Isaiah, you are mine. You belong to me. I will care for you. I will protect you. Nothing can snatch you from my hand. We belong to God. That's one of my favorite quotes from the Heidelberg Catechism. The question is asked, what is your only comfort in life and in death? And the answer is, that I belong body and soul in life and in death, not to my son, self, but to my faithful savior, Jesus Christ. In a world where we feel so disconnected, worship reminds us that we belong. We belong to God, we belong to God's family, and therefore we belong to each other. Now, there's a verse in the Luke passage, the very beginning, I hadn't really thought of it before, but it struck me this time, the very beginning, as the people were filled with expectation. I think we often miss that. We get straight to the whole baptism and all that stuff. As the people were filled with expectation. They're all filled with expectation. What were they expected for? They're wondering about John wondering about the Messiah. They were wondering all kinds of things were going on. Makes me wonder, how do we enter into worship? Do we enter in with a sense of expectation? Or are we distracted? Those crazy kids downstairs are listening to loud music again. Aren't it? Distraction. The person next to me is not singing very well. Distraction. There are no persons next to me. 
Yeah, or are we filled with expectation? I wonder what God is going to do today. I wonder how Jesus is going to show up today. And then the heavens opened up. Can you imagine what that was like in the Jordan? Can you imagine being in that crowd that day? When Jesus walks down, he is uh, baptized, he stands up, he's praying, and then the heavens opened up. What that would have been like. Worship is meant to bridge the gap between heaven and earth. Think about that for a moment. What does that mean? Worship is meant to bridge the gap between heaven and earth. The divine and the temporal or the eternal and the temporal, the um, divine and the mortal. For a moment, we remind ourselves of the bigger picture, that one day we will stand in the presence of Jesus Christ and worship him with believers from all times and places. We remind ourselves that we are God's people. Before we are Americans, before we are from any other place, we are citizens of God's kingdom. We are citizens of the kingdom of heaven. That's why we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are trying to um, bring heaven to this place. We are prayerfully and thoughtfully considering what heaven is like and seeking to establish that here on earth and to exhibit to, to the world. And then the Holy Spirit de descended. That's why we love doves so much. It's actually even in the Presbyterian uh, logo it's on the front of our hymnal that cross is the logo and at the top of the cross is a dove descending that logo is very um, representative so worship worship often begins with an invocation invocation uh, an invocation means action of invoking something or someone for assistance or as an authority. So we have this invocation of asking the Holy Spirit to assist us in our worship. Have you ever thought about that? The Holy Spirit actually working within you to worship better, to praise God better? That's why we have a prelude before the service, so you can spend some time prayerfully preparing yourself for worship. Sometimes people mistakenly call the invocation an invitation. Holy Spirit, come. But if you think about it, the Holy Spirit's already here. <laughs> so we don't need to invite the Spirit. We recognize the Spirit's presence. We invoke the Spirit's assistance. That's why I love that new praise song that we're doing. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, Lord, is what our hearts long for, to be overwhelmed by your presence, Lord. That's part of what worship is meant to be about. And then God spoke. I just love this part of the passage. Can you imagine, again, standing on the side of the Jordan River and hearing this voice from heaven? This is my beloved son. And you know, the Lance translation of this, you've heard it before. That's my son. I'm so proud of him. Hopefully, when we come to worship, we're reminded, each and every one of you, Gary Duchaney, you're my son and I'm proud of you. God's saying that to each and 
every one of us. Alice Stoffer, you're my daughter, and I'm proud of you. God just speaking to each one of us. Hopefully we leave this service just reminded that we are sons and daughters of God. God loves us. He's proud of us. He is well pleased with us. Worship's not about entertainment, nor is it about making us feel good. We're not about that. But it is about God speaking to us. A lot of times we think worship's all about us doing this direction, but it's as much God speaking to us as well. Reminding us we belong to God, we are his children. And after the baptism, Jesus did what? He went out into the wilderness, he was tempted, and then he began his ministry. So in the same way, worship engages us, strengthens us, empowers us, and then sends us into ministry in the world. So my challenge for us, at the beginning of the worship service, I asked what one word described worship and what, so now I want to ask you, and I, you don't need to answer, but what is the one word you wish described worship? Be thinking about that this week. Sometimes it's less about the structure of the worship or the songs that we sing or the pastor. It's more about our own heart when we come into worship. So on this Baptism of the Lord Sunday, let's remember all of God's power and tenderness is offered to us. Do not fear. Be filled with expectation. Open yourself to allow the heavens to open up. Jesus is here. God, our Father, speaks to us. God is proud of us. Welcome the Holy Spirit and know that you are God's beloved child.